Athletic. Reds, Tony Evans here with Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. If it's not Bellingham, then who? We'll look at the other options Liverpool have in midfield. Plus, James catches up with free-kick scoring sensation Martin Scale, and we'll finish with a five-a-side alongside Kiva O'Neill and Andy Jones. Well, Kiva, let's start with you, the three words that you love so much. A nice break, and that's not just because I've just got back off holiday. It's because I quite like international breaks. When Liverpool are winning or losing, it's quite a nice time to just go, let's all not worry about it. Even though at the same time, we're getting towards the end of it and it's kind of like, when are they playing again? Yeah, Andy, do you concur on that? And what are your three words? (laughs) Yeah, I think mine are probably, I'm not stressed. Now, talk to me in a week's time and I'll be very stressed about Liverpool returning. Um, But at the moment... Uh, knowing that that's a long way away or feels a long way away at the moment, I'm not stressed, Which and this season has just brought all of us a lot of stress. So it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I have strange feelings about it. You know, it's a, the international break is nice downtime, but I want Liverpool back, so bring them back. You know, the sooner the better. I just want, you know, the Premier League. I, I love international football when tournaments come round. I love the World Cup. I love the Euros. But I have to say, these breaks, they seem to go on forever. And they're so, so dull, especially with Gareth Southgate, you know, in England. And you know what's going to happen, don't you? You know, England's going to get to the tournament and they're going to underachieve again. And, you know, Part of that's amusing, but it does become dull. We've 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 entered like a, a rhythm of it, haven't we? You know, under Southgate. So anyway, enough of England, enough of internationals. Well, no, I suppose tangentially we're talking about England because, you know, after David Ornstein's news on Monday, and Andy, you've written a piece on if they don't go for Bellingham, then where the money should go in the summer, if indeed there is any money. Yeah, so obviously Liverpool are still in the hunt for Jude Bellingham and I think that got a little bit misconstrued by some people when, when David did his piece. You know, he was quite clear that, it OK, it might be less likely uh, than it has been in, in the past, but Liverpool aren't sort of giving up on, on Bellingham. But equally, there's a need to think about what is the plan B. And basically, it, was a, it wasn't a piece to look at, you know, every midfielder but it was to be specific on crunching the data and, and I worked with Mark Carey on it to look at if Liverpool didn't buy Bellingham, who's the stylistically, who profiles the closest to him. And this is the thing, there's not many, well, if any, out there. But it's like, so who's that sort of tier down that they might look at who would be obviously cheaper and be part of a sort of a, a midfield rebuild that would maybe have you buy three players instead of Bellingham and, and maybe one other. So there was a number of options. Um, Pedri and Gavi were the two at the top, which bit of a frustration. Yes, please. <laughs> exactly. Yes, please. Uh, and then I did write it. And then obviously Gavi's contract situation became a bit interesting uh, and that you can leave for free in the summer. Now, I, I don't think there's any fears of Barcelona from Barcelona that they're going to lose him. But... It's frustrating that they are the two most similar, but you would expect that because they are in, you would put them in that small uh, elite group, wouldn't you, of of young midfielders in in world football. 
And then the next one was really interesting is Joe Willock. I think a lot of people, when you see that name, you would probably have a bit of a chuckle and go, yeah, whatever. But it's quite interesting that I did a piece uh, earlier in the year as well around Gene Wijnaldum and how Liverpool have never re- replaced him. And, and it's interesting that Willock was right at the top of that in terms of stylistic profile as well. as So uh, that was quite interesting. And then there's, we had sort of a list of, of players who, who ranked in terms of how close they were similar to, to Bellingham and you know, not, nobody's going to be Jude Bellingham, really. But it was just to have a little look and see who'd be more affordable, if you like, that Liverpool could be could use as part of a rebuild alongside the likes of, you know, Mason Mount, who's a different type of player, or maybe Ryan Gavinberch, for example, is another player who's been linked recently, hasn't it? So just it was look, looking at that and, and seeing who might be the best fit or who can who can do the best Jude Bellingham imitation if they were to if Liverpool were to sign. How many of these names are realistic? Do you think, Eva? Gabby and Pedri don't feel it, do they? No, not as well, no. But it's nice to talk about them because every time I watch Barcelona, I'm just like, these kids, honestly, like, how do you make uh, midfielders in Barcelona? There's something else, isn't it? Mason Mount just feels like, weirdly, like it will happen somehow because the talk about it, everyone's kind of just assuming that it will. I'm not sure... If it will, I don't really know too much about it to know there's certainly interest there, isn't there? But Joe Willock, another, I don't think Liverpool are going to, you know, even though his, his numbers flag up and the data reads well, I think he's probably enjoying his time at Newcastle as well, which is, you know, another thing. And of course, they've got Saudi money, so he's struggling to compete with them. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you almost feel that, that we're going to be looking at people who are perhaps a little bit below the radar. I mean... James was writing in his mailbag in on the Athletic before uh, he's gone on an international break. They give him holidays as well. You know, it's outrageous. Um, he, he hinted Tyler Morton could get a chance in the preseason. I think that will happen for a lot of young players at Liverpool every preseason. Players get their chance to step up and, you know, almost earn the spot in the early weeks of the season. Tyler Morton had a great last season and, all right, he's. This season with Blackburn is going well as well. So I think, you know, that just feels like the necessary next step for him, you know, and that'll be the time when Liverpool assess, is it worth another loan move or can this player step up and do something like Stefan Bajetic did without, you know, any of us really thinking that he would. So I think there was, I've seen, you know, a few people comment on social media like, oh, that's what Liverpool will do. They'll, you know, roll out like Tyler Morton as a new signing or something and it's like, well, I think youth players do deserve a chance and ones of his quality certainly do. I think he's got a long way to go in his development, but I was chatting to a Blackburn fan and they suggested that he is suited more to Premier League football. So it could be the case that this time next season, Tyler Morton's doing what he was doing last season for Liverpool and coming on and doing those sort of having those by Chetich cameos. You forget, don't you, sometimes because of how long ago it was, if you like, you know, the performances that he did put in and, and the promise that he did show. And you, you do wonder if, if he'd stuck around, how much of an influence or how involved he would have been this season. It might have been if he could have contributed to Liverpool this season. Then, you know, supporters may have had a different view on the role that I already Here comes a, a young player who's, who's going to just be an excuse for Liverpool to not have to spend money um, and they're going to put all the faith in him. But Klopp wouldn't have given him a chance in the first place if he didn't rate him. It makes sense to give him a, a chance and again to see where he's at and and whether he can be a contribution because, you know, with the way Liverpool's midfield situation's gone, particularly with players who, who can't stay fit, Liverpool sort of need as many midfielders as they can who consistently can stay fit. 
and Morton has done that this season and, and shown he's durable in, a, in an extremely physical league. So I don't quite get the, the eye rolls. I mean, I, I understand from the point of obviously you want to see a £50 million midfielder walk through the door and, you know, who's who's got all these accolades. But equally, you know, if, if they couldn't develop Morton even into a squad player, which, which isn't a, a bad thing by any means, then, you know, you, you have solved the problem in a sense of that, you know, the, re, the midfield rebuild does become you know, smaller um, and Morton can play the six role and Liverpool don't have many players who can play the six um, but Morton was was trusted to play in that in, in some pretty big games as well so if Liverpool were only to sign one midfielder and that wasn't Bellingham and then Morton comes back in then I could understand I guess the fume a little bit but equally I don't know why you would sort of write it off or write him off when he's you know he has performed well this season in, in a first load and after only you know bursting onto the scene last season I think the key thing for Liverpool is to develop their own players. That's important, not only, you know, under FSG, that, you know, eventually they will do sell these players and make money, not suggesting that Tyler Morton will be sold. But, you know, that's been an important part of FSG's regime at Liverpool. They sort of sell to buy. And, you know, as much as fans want to see them spending a lot of money and they need to do that this summer, that will be fundamental to how Liverpool go on and prosper potentially next season. I think. As well, there has to be that importance on the players coming through as well, the youth players. And you only really have to look, I've just mentioned it before, but at Bajetic and you know, at the start of the season, if you knew him, you knew him, but if you didn't, you didn't. And now everyone knows him. For me, the perfect scenario would be Liverpool produce their own players. That's what I prefer. The next scenario I like best is when they find players who've gone onto the radar and you're not expecting much for them from them and they come in and they're superb. You know, Wijnaldum, everyone was like, oh, why have they bought him? And my least favourite way, and I know this will offend the transfer ultras, is to spend big. You know what? Try and recruit sensibly and try and bring your own players through. That is an ideal scenario for me. And that's not letting Fenway Sports Group off the hook because, you know, they do need to put the money down on occasion. But, you know, it's like, this obsession with the high-priced players, I kind of don't get because you know what? Sometimes you buy them and you spend all the money on them and they don't work. I mean, look at Keita, look at Keita. But like, just to wrap up this section, what else do they need this summer, Andy? Uh, you know, more defensive cover. You know, Jamie Carragher talked about uh, Trent moving to midfield. We've all talked about Trent moving mid- to midfield. Do they need a right-back? Should Trent be tried there? I've always been against Trent moving into midfield and I just... I think because it will potentially take away his best qualities because I don't think you want him as a six having to do the job Fabinho does in terms of having to to sweep up the counters because what you want is and it, I guess in some games you, you wouldn't necessarily need that but that's if you get control and Liverpool obviously haven't um, haven't been able to get that in many games this season um, but then I'd I'd be a, probably a little bit against pushing him too far forward because I think you take away a lot of the his range of passion which has been so good I mean you know unless he went back and pulled into sort of wide you know right back positions from central midfield you wouldn't be able to play the switches and stuff like that and then then you also potentially take away his ability to get into positions across the ball as well for me I think Liverpool should be looking at a centre back rather than right back I think Calvin Ramsey's obviously an interesting case in that Liverpool tried to address the right back situation in the summer and that hasn't hasn't worked because of injuries. And I think you would like to think that he's he's in a position next season where he's had a year at Liverpool. So he's learned sort of the ins and outs of of the role that he's he's required to play at right back. And also, 
if you were to buy a centre back, and I know you know there might be a little bit of a question mark around what Liverpool do in terms of Joel Massip in the summer, for example, or or even Joe Gomez. But I think Liverpool need to be looking at bringing in a, a centre back, and the problem is is that what that price would be. I mean, Guardiola has been has been linked, hasn't he? But he's going to be extremely expensive now. Him and him and Canate would sort of box off your centre back first team pair, and you would say for about ten years because I think he's he's a really good player. But I think. You know, if you bring another centre back in, you, you have the option then of, of using Joe Gomez as a right back as well to to sort of give give Trent rest because I think Trent's dip in form. I, I wrote a piece on it a couple of weeks ago, really, and you can tell he's not at his you know high, high, high standards. But there are reasons for that as well. I think around him in terms of the stability of, of the right central midfielder, the right centre back, and um, and also he's played a lot of a lot of minutes. So if if Liverpool have the options and hopefully. Calvin Ramsey is that if he takes a leap, you know, stays fit and, and and steps up, and you also have Gomez, but without, but also extra centre back cover there. That I think that that's probably the best way to go because I I just think you, you keep Trent at right back because I know sort of Carragher indicated that you know he's not a player who you can expect to keep qualifying for the Champions League for with him playing right back, but Liverpool did and have. And have been extremely successful with him in that position. I think centre back is probably the, the bigger priority over right back. When you consider Trent's won the Champions League once and made two finals, he's done all right so far. This is Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. The best word I can say, but uh, will describe this, was boom. Tony Evans here with Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones with Walk On from The Athletic. Well, just because the international break, it doesn't mean there's no action as Anfield this weekend. The Liverpool legends are in action on Saturday against Celtic legends for the LFC Foundation charity match. And before the game, James caught up with Martin Skirtle to talk about his eight and a half year spell with the Reds, playing eight-tier Slovakian football, eight-tier, having called time on his own professional career last year. Uh, this is an interesting listen. You know, I had a problem with the with the disc between the bones. Three of them came out, and it's been uh, touching my nerves. So when I was running or jumping, or obviously when I was playing football, after like 10, 15 minutes, I couldn't feel my legs. You know, the first month after after I retired, I I just tried to fix my back. You know, I was doing some some treatments. I was doing some physiotherapy, some some gym work. And now, obviously, I feel a little bit better, so I'm, I'm still playing something like uh, Sunday League here in Slovakia, but uh, just for the fun with the friends. And uh, obviously, I do my gym work still, and um, time to time, I try to play ice hockey as well. Also, I'm watching the football, you know, I try to go to as many games in Slovakia, you know, watching the Slovakian League. I start to do my coaching coaching license, so we'll see what the what the future brings. Yeah, I was going to ask you about management. Can you can you see yourself going down that that road? Does that appeal? You know, when I when I retired, I said no, but now I a little bit changed the opinion. You know, that's why I start to also do my my coaching license, and I'll, I almost finished the the A license, so I can be the assistant. Because uh, you know, as I said, I'm missing the changing room. I'm missing uh, the lads to work with the with the with the guys. So that's why I decided to to do do the license. And uh, if somebody something came out, so I'm I'm ready for this. You know. I, I saw a video the other day of you scoring a free kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Was... 
You couldn't believe, yeah? <laughs> where, where, where did that ability... I didn't know... You, you could have been taking all those free kicks rather than Steven Gerrard. Ah, no. You know, you cannot even compare it. This, is, this, this was, you know, one of uh, 20. If I send you the video of the one I had before, <laughs> you know, I just tried to smash it and it was in red like 20 metres uh, over the goal. So you would, you would laugh, but this one was good. I saw a, 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 an internet report saying that's the eighth division in Slovakia. Is that true? Yeah, it is. This is the team, you know, when my when I I was born there, my parents still live there and I have many friends there. But and when I when I was playing professionally, I think it was in Liverpool. I told them one day when I retired I will come back and I will play with you guys. So the team called uh Rastochno. Uh yeah it's just for the fun, you know, I go in there for just Sunday for the game, play the game and then uh for two, three days I cannot walk. I just want to enjoy as much as possible because obviously not easy just say, Okay, I'm I'm not playing, I'm I'm finished and I, I don't kick the ball anymore. Yeah. And what what position do you play? <laughs> Are you sitting? <laughs> I am, I am. I'm number ten. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Few games I played as a striker, I scored a few goals, but uh, then I dropped a little bit. And now, basically, I'm the kind of player like I, I do what I want, I run where I want. <laughs> and and do do you get many many people turning up to watch? Well, the first game because uh, you know when I said I'm going to to play this for this club, everybody was thinking it's going to be just for the one game, you know. So yeah, for the first game it was uh, more than three thousand people. Wow, stadium. And uh, but now it's just like you know some some games is like five hundred six hundred then two hundred one game was like over one thousand so it's not bad you know and yeah as I as I told you I just do that for my friends you know we have a quite old team the goalkeeper is I think he's fifty six there is few players over forty like forty four forty five and we we not pushing like uh, we have to win or something we just go there we try to uh, try our best and uh, sometimes we win sometimes we lose but. Most important is to have fun, you know. Oh, perfect. And how much are you looking forward to, to going back to Anfield next weekend? You know, I'm excited. Cannot wait because um, obviously it's going to be second game. And uh, before the first game, when I, uh, when I was going there, I, I didn't know what to expect. So I was a little bit nervous to go back again and to play the game, you know, because I didn't know how it's going to be on the pitch, uh, what's, what's the level of the game. But now I know what can I expect. Because obviously now I think it's going to be more more players involved I, than uh, uh, I play with them, you know. As a Stevie, Kara, it's going to be, I think, Derka, Daniel Lager. So it's exciting and uh, I'm looking forward to it. One side of the of the coin is that we, we, we can play the game, but the other side is that the help that uh, LFC Foundation doing for the, all those people. So, so you know, it's a, I think it's a good thing to do. And um, if I can, I always take a part in it. So... It's only I think it's from us as a players it's only one part and it's only small things that we can do for the for the people that need they, they need the help. Yeah, I mean you, you your time at Liverpool covered covered such a wide range, didn't it, of highs and, and lows from when you think you were there under Rafa and Hodgson and Dogleish and Rogers and then the start of Klopp. I mean how 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 do you look back on it? It was it must have been like a real roller coaster. I think not only for me, but also that was the period also also for the club because the ownership and everything and the, the fans. And, but for me, I always said that I, I I'm, I'm proud of what I was doing in Liverpool because obviously I came from the small country. From the I was the player nobody knew when I came to Liverpool. And, you know, I think to stay stay there for such a long time. Uh, obviously, we cannot say I had only good games, but. 
there was always in the as in the life also in football you have you have better moments you have uh, not as good moments so i just try my best i try to enjoy my my time there and uh, try to do the best for the club and for the fans and of course you you had the high of winning the league cup at wembley and of course you scored that day i guess at the other end of the emotional kind of spectrum you had 2013-14 where do you kind of do you still have days when you think Kind of, if only in terms of that title race. Obviously, to win the the league, league cup, it was um, you can say highlight of my career because to to win the title is football for and also I, I my manager scored a goal. So, and that that season when we almost won the league, uh, it still hurt me, you know. When I when I thinking back about it, uh, I'm still sometimes thinking what we could do differently and what could we change to to manage to to win it. But yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't do it. And uh, that's the history. We cannot change it. So it's. I think. Yeah, it's still the bad feelings, but uh, we cannot change it. So we have to just look forward, you know. And uh, at the moment, we are not the players anymore, so we just can support the, the team, uh, the playing at the moment. No. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you've been watching Liverpool closely this season. Yeah. It's obviously not been the season that everyone hoped for, has it so far? Yes, we can say that. And uh, unfortunately, you know. This is the, the good, I'm not going to say it's a good thing about the football, but you know, the football, you don't have only the, the good days, but you have also the bad days and you have to fight for, for the bad, the good days come back again. So obviously this season is not as we wanted to be, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be now, I think the, the, the three games after the international break against, uh, City, Chelsea and Arsenal. It can be the breaking point, you know, because uh, I think we have to get to the position to qualify for the Champions League next season. And uh, I still believe that we can do it, you know, because when you see the games like we play against United at home, it was it was one of the best games I've ever seen. And uh, we just have to continue in this way, obviously. After that, it was the Real Madrid game and uh, also the Burma game was not as good, but... We have to we have to build on the build on the performance uh, as against United and uh, then I I hope and I believe that uh, we can finish in the top four. Yeah, and and of course in your old position, there's a lot of excitement about Ibrahima Kanate. You know, a young young centre back who I think Liverpool have missed yeah. him when he hasn't played this season. Is he is he someone that has impressed you? I tell you what, uh, when I was in Turkey, we played against uh, Leipzig. At the moment, everybody was talking about this guy Pamecano. And uh, I spoke to one of my friends and I told him, like, but the other one, this Konate is even better, you know. And then uh, Liverpool signed him, so I was so happy because he's such a good player. He's strong uh, physically, seems to be strong mentally because I don't know him personally. And he's also good with the ball, so I think he's the he's the very good player at the moment. And he's still young, so he will be very important for the future as well. Fascinating to wear Skirtle there. I'll have to say, I can't imagine them ever getting Stevie off free kicks. If you want to hear more from Martin Skirtle, just head over to The Athletic. We can catch James's full interview with him. The Legends play at Anfield on Saturday, but on Friday night, there's a small matter of the Merseyside Derby in the WSL. Liverpool lost 3-0 at Anfield in the reverse fixture, and so they've got a score to settle there. Kiva, you've been at the press conference, haven't you? Yeah, I have, and... Everyone's very much looking forward to a Friday night game at Goodison Park. I think Liverpool Everton is always the one you circle, isn't it? First on the fixture list, and I think that's the same for for Liverpool women and that growing rivalry now. 
is very much there alive and kicking and it's going to be an enjoyable occasion I'm actually missing it myself and I'm absolutely gutted about it off to Birmingham for a wedding this weekend so I can't make it unfortunately but some good news from uh, Matt Beard's press conference was about Leanne Kiernan obviously plays for up front for Liverpool and Ireland as well Ireland who will be playing in a World Cup this summer basically she got injured on the first day of the season when Liverpool you will remember triumphantly beat Chelsea it felt like a massive blow because her goals had basically got Liverpool promoted from the championship then it, she gets injured on the first day of the season which is just the worst sort of worst time ever isn't it and she struggled to get back you know it was a, a long-term injury and now Matt Bade's saying that she'll be back towards the end of, of next month April so That'll be really good news, not only for Liverpool, but for Ireland as well. It's been a long time without it. But Liverpool are doing well at the minute. They beat Tottenham recently. And I think to go to Goodison Park and pick up a win after you know Everton winning a couple of times at Anfield in, in recent history will be what they absolutely want to do. And obviously there's an away end as well at Goodison Park, which is really good as well for the Liverpool fans who will be there. And I feel like there's just a bit of a good feeling going into this game on the back of that win for Liverpool. So hopefully you know, they can get the job done and get the bragging rights. Well, and it's brilliant, isn't it, Andy, that uh, they're using Goodison Park and they're using Anfield for the first time in the season. And it's women's football weekends. And it's it's a really a big opportunity for the women's game to you know, get in the spotlight. Exactly. That's been the build-up for, for a number of years. And then obviously the... The Euro's success of the of the national team is, you know, again, you know, boosted it even further, and being able to for for the players to play at the you know the big grounds of, of Goodison and and Anfield makes it feel like a proper derby, doesn't it? Um, and not not to say that it wouldn't be anywhere else, but you know, it, it gives it that feel, doesn't it? And and that's what you want, and that's where we want you know women's football to continue to go and 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 keep moving in that that direction with, with that upwards trajectory. So it's it's a great opportunity for them and. No, I was just looking at the league table there and, you know, I'm sure Liverpool will be looking to finish the season strongly um, and, and a win would only put them three points behind Everton. So uh, that gives them a carrot, a carrot sort of dangle in there, isn't it, for them for them to chase. But yeah, I th- I completely agree. I think it's, you know, you can, you, you can see the growth in the women's football. You know, you look at the sort of the Arsenal-Tottenham games that have happened at the Emirates in this season, for example, and... And you know the big games, uh, fans are want to want to be there and certainly turning out for them and and creating atmospheres. And that much that's what you want, isn't it? You want the players to be able to to experience those those types of atmospheres, and and that hopefully would attract more and more. And and obviously the qual- the quality of football continues to to get better as the the national team you know showcased over the summer as well. And one good thing as well is that the rivalry in this derby isn't quite as toxic as the men's derby as a keeper. I did ask Matt Beard about this actually, and he was sort of saying the the spectators and the the makeup of the fans of of Liverpool and other clubs in the WSL and and women's football. A lot of it is you know families and parents with the kids and that kind of thing. A lot of young younger fans get to go to the game. Obviously, we know because it's cheaper, and also like Andy mentions there, it's attractive football to go and watch. It's been kicked on a lot by England winning the, the Euros last summer, definitely. For me, it's a really nice place to go. I feel at home there. I feel safe. And I don't think I always feel like that at men's football matches. And I think if you feel that way about going to watch men's games, you know, that's not all the time, but there's been occasions. And I think everyone's had those experiences, haven't they? But I've never, ever had one of those experiences at a women's football match. (laughs) 
This is Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic with me, Tony Evans, Kiefer O'Neill and Andy Jones. And to finish, with the Legends theme, let's talk quick five-a-sides. Kiefer. It's tough, isn't it, actually? Because straight away, first name on the sheet for me is Stephen Gerrard, to no surprise of absolutely nobody else, because you grow up in a certain time, then, you know, I was out on the streets kicking a ball and shouting Gerard when, you know, you'd have a, a strike imagining that you were you were in. Gerard he's got it So he's he's definitely there. Dagleash, you can't you can't look any further than him. Yeah, Andy, I mean, does five aside, you know, I take this too seriously. Does it suit a particular kind of player? I mean, for me, I'm thinking, you know, if I had a five aside team, I'd want someone like Craig Johnson who's like gonna run relentlessly, you know, in that small cage and he's gonna chase and harry and never stop. Again, to, to reference my age, which I, I do love to do on this podcast, I never really got to see much of Craig Johnson, but I guess their coat seems to fit that similar description well, yeah, from, yeah, I guess you know. my type of era, if you like. Um, so I, I could see certainly see Dirk House in, in a five-a-side team because he would he would do your head in because um, he just wouldn't stop and he 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 always knew how to sort of get into areas to score like little like goals here and there didn't he? He was found himself in the right place. I don't know whether he'd he'd quite make the legends five-a-side team. Uh, he's certainly a Liverpool legend, I think, in his own right. But yeah, I think he he would be a player who you would it's similar. It's similar, isn't it? You look at you look for. Him for for the cage qualities, and that's why, you know, I, as I always do, reference Jamie Carragher. I think you've in the past, Sunes has, has been one you've um, you've mentioned about if, if he, you know, you'd be entering hell. I think if you went into a, a fireside cage with Prime Graham Sunes. Yeah, well, he's more suited to cage fighting than a football cage, isn't he? You know, it's um, uh, you know, actually, you know what? He's actually lovely in life. He's you know dealing with him. He's brilliant to deal with, but. You know, on a football pitch, he was just um, he was just insane. And I used to look forward to battles. I mean, him and Terry Yorath had a, an amazing relationship. They just tried to kill each other every time they played one another. And it was like, you know, referees let this go. It was like, you know, the bell will go seconds out and, and let them go. So imagine putting them two in a cage. But it's quite interesting um, because, you know, we're sort of in the light of what you said, Kiva, where friends from the Walk On podcast group said, Shane Rose said he wants Rainer Van Dyke, Gerard Burns and Salah. Yeah, this seems all right. Sean Kleins, Alison Van Dyke, Gerard Dalgleish and Salah, like you, you know, the two main men there. Gary Rivers wants Grobbler, who, yeah, he, he would be um, he good. He, he could play outfields. In fact, he, he tried to do that often when he was in goal for the first team. Aga, I'm not so sure about Aga personally. Gerard Rush and Torres, that seems a bit uh, too many forwards there. But yeah, I mean, for me, I'd want people who ran all day. And, you know, I'd, um, I'd, I'd like you, I'd have Cara, Andy, I'd have um, I'd certainly Craig Johnson and Dirk in there. And maybe someone who could put the ball in, into the net. Yeah, who, 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 who would be the best striker? I think you'd have to have Salah these days, wouldn't you? I mean, because he's just, he's just superb. I think sometimes when players are playing during a career, we don't realise how good they are. We won't realise how good Salah was until he's retired. I mean, he's just... For me, he's just uh, amazing. He's up there with the best ever. And, you know, and sometimes amid all the moan of us not doing well, we kind of miss how good this 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 man is. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Kiva? Well, I think it's quite nice that we're mentioning players like Salah, Van Dijk, Alisson. 
I think I'd th- throw Salah and Mane in because I play seven aside in a cage now, people, for Sefton Park Rangers. I played last night, actually. We won 3 1, so shout out to my team. What positions are you playing? Uh, I'm sort of on the right of midfield. So, you know, a, a place Liverpool could, could play me. So, you know, just training up, trying to get into the midfield this pre season. So I reckon they're so small, aren't they? That's the only thing. They look so small, so you can hardly like you know pick out a pass from far away. But then at the same time, they're absolutely massive because you have to run from one end to the other like basketball constantly, and the ball doesn't go out of play, so it's just never ending. So I think having players like Salah, Mane would be amazing because they just pick up the ball, and you'd be able to just you know catch your breath, give Salah or Mane the ball, let them just go and run and score. And I've got a shout out, you know, we've got to link back to that famous front three. But I think Firmino would be FIFA Street in the cage, wouldn't he? He'd be so good. He'd be doing no luck stuff, tricks. Like, it would be properly amazing to watch him. And I think the best thing, which I'll come back to what I was saying at the start of this, is that, you know, we're chatting about Salah, Mane, Van Dijk, Allison. You know, they're Liverpool legends. And even though Liverpool aren't playing great this season and things aren't going as we all wanted to, you know, we've got legends playing for the club right now that's quite special isn't it given the you know at one time it just felt like Gerard was the legend in the team and, and there wasn't anyone else really but now you know it is a team of them because they've won something for Liverpool and that's important you can tell it's international week because we're counting our blessings next week we'll be back to moaning we need the points we're desperate can you sort something out in the midfield Jürgen but for now we're mellow it's calm it's international break and everything is seen. That's all from Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Thanks to Kiva and Andy, as well as you for joining us. You can get involved on Facebook by searching Walk On Podcasts. We'll be back on Monday. We'll see you then. And we'll be building up to the return of the Premier League. Are you sitting? <laughs> I am, I am. I'm number 10. <laughs> the Athletic. <laughs>